Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. As you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom, and in that light, I have Megan McGuire from Student Loan Planner here to talk to us all about student loans, what they do, changes in student loan regulations, there's so many, um, and we'll let Megan, take it away. So Megan, welcome. Sure. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I look forward to nerding out about student loan topics. Yeah. It's quite interesting. It's not, I've been looking at it. it. sounds like, you know, you need almost like a <laughs> advanced degree to understand all that's going on. Um, oh my so... goodness. Like a law degree, a mathematics degree. Yep. So tell us more about, you know, your story, your background, because we had Travis, you know, last year and, um, uh, tell us your background and you know what you do. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So I uh, started in financial planning, uh, started my own uh, financial coaching practice. And the first client I had had 315000 of student loan debt. And uh, I panicked because I was not prepared for that on my first uh, client <laughs> taking, taking on. But um, I quickly dove into the nuances and the, the contracts of student loans and the income-driven repayment options and PSLF, the, the forgiveness programs, and got really fascinated with some of the opportunity available around like having a plan with the, the student loans versus just thinking that you have to pay them off. Um, that might still be the, the answer for some folks, but there's still a lot of nuance to student loans that can be helpful when putting together a plan. So got super interested in that, dedicated my practice to helping people who did have student loans um, with their their financial planning. And I met Travis at a financial conference and we hit it off and we started working together ever since. So <laughs> that's uh, how I got with student loan planner initially. Yeah. And quite interesting. So let's, um, you know, let's get right into it. So, um, you know, what uh, what sort of um, you know student loan planner? What it does, um, how they help students, and then we can get into some of the nuances like the new laws, regulations, and all of that. Yeah, great. At Student Loan Planner, so we're a we're a company of consultants. We're all either a certified student loan professional, a CFP, or a CFA, or a combination of those designations. <laughs> And that just means that we're super educated in both finance and student loans specifically. And um, we do one-on-one consultations with folks, helping them navigate their student loans, 
Um, we have a one hour meeting. We review really all the different routes we could consider going with your student loans. And we hone that down into what the most optimal plan for you is going to look like, how to implement that plan, uh, you know, how to expect that to look over time, what changes might happen that, that could impact the plan. Um, and so you have a roadmap, you know, after the, the conversation with us. And uh, we also have a ton of free content on our website, blog articles, um, YouTube videos of all things student loans. So any random student loan question you have, we've probably written three articles on it. <laughs> so go check out our website for that too, if, if uh, you have some burning questions. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a sea of change in uh, higher education finance happening before eyes 2023. I know, uh, you know, COVID, there was a, a bunch of uh, rules, you know, um, suspending payments, all that stuff. And then uh, Biden announced this uh, this uh, new revised pay as you earn repay plan on January. How does um? So tell us more about that and any updates mm -hmm. on that. Biden has been well. I think Congress, or sorry, not Congress, uh, Department of Ed has been talking about a new income driven plan for a while now. And they decided, hey, let's not do a whole new plan. Let's just maybe revamp one of the existing plans. And so that was the most recent proposal was maybe that they're going to be making changes to the plan repay or revised pay as you earn. Um, so it, it won't necessarily be a new plan, but it it will be very drastic changes to the new repay plan if it's a, if it's approved. So that's where we're at right now, where there's been a lot of proposed changes. Um, so we could talk through that if you'd like, uh, but nothing's been approved quite yet. Yeah, you know, kind of, uh, you know, your knowledge of that. Yeah, so the the proposal has some really big components to it that are, um, I think, very important. Uh, so first is it would have a one hundred percent interest subsidy. So what this means is when somebody's payment on an income driven plan is low, low enough to where it's not paying the interest each month, naturally that would mean that your balance is growing right? Because you're having unpaid interest added to the balance. This new plan, if it's approved, um, would have a 100% interest subsidy. So that just means that they would not allow any interest to grow on the balance. And that's a big deal, especially for residents and for, for those in training, because your income is not very high in those years. So making a lower payment based off of income in, in those years it, it could be necessary. Uh, but the big downside to that is you're not able to pay enough to keep the balance from growing. So this 100% interest subsidy is a big deal. So that's one component. Another component would be that the payment overall would be a little bit cheaper. Uh, the poverty line deduction that they're going to use to calculate the payment would be higher. So it just means that the discretionary income that they use uh, to calculate the payment would be lower. And uh, graduate loans would still be based off of 10% of that new discretionary income number. But if you have undergraduate loans, they'd be based on 5%. So that makes the payment a little bit less. And I know a lot of people don't have a ton of undergraduate loans, <laughs> but still has a little bit of a calculation improvement. Um, and the last really big update would be uh, that it would allow for you to file tax separately to keep the payment off of your own income. That's one downside to repay right now that just, you know, it, it 
it's a big downside is that it requires you to include spousal income for the payment equation. But with with the new provision, it it would allow for you to keep it off of just your own income. So those are some of the big changes to it. Interesting. And uh, you know, one question people may have is so they have these um looks like this. So there's originally there was um based on how much income you have and how is this different from pay as you earn? It sounds like it's the same thing, but um, most likely it's different. Is that correct? Yeah, it's very similar because uh, it's still based off of income. It, in summary, it would just be cheaper per month and it would not have any interest grow on the balance, which that's more impactful for people who are trying to pay the loans off later because it just keeps the balance as low as possible. Very similar to the existing pay-as-you-earn. Um, one fact is that if they do come out with this new proposed repay, uh, the existing pay-as-you-earn um, would probably be discontinued is what we understand. <laughs> so that's uh, that's another factor because then one positive to pay as you earn is that it's a 20-year timeline to forgiveness if you're not doing PSLF. Repay is 25. So we'd have to decide, do we value the 20-year timeline or over the the lower payments and no interest subsidy? Yeah. So that's kind of tricky. We might have some tricky planning decisions to make here in the future. Yeah. I have my thoughts on just this whole student loan thing. Uh, who, be- who benefits from all these rule changes? <laughs> it sounds like they're trying to help uh, students, but it just, you know, you just get lost in the jargon and people, you know, you have to qualify for certain things and um, people get left out. I mean, I would presume people are gamifying it. You know, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it it is, it is interesting because it feels like it, it's very complicated and it kind of is unfortunate, but I, I think it it's definitely going to benefit people who, well, for one, have federal loans. All of this conversation is about federal student loans. Um, it'll also benefit people who will likely be going towards loan forgiveness in some capacity. And that generally means your balance is greater than your income. Oops. And I was going to pause just because I know there's somebody walking by with a... <laughs> air blower. I'm sorry about that. should be almost done. All right. I'm good to go whenever you are. Yeah, we're good. It's a recording. Okay. Got it. Um, okay. So who it benefits. Um, so I think generally it, it definitely benefits people who are going towards loan forgiveness. If their balances are greater than their income, that's uh, that you can kind of compartmentalize yourself into that forgiveness path where I think mathematically it'll probably make sense to go that route. So it benefits those folks because it it just makes the path going towards forgiveness cheaper. You're paying less to get to that forgiveness timeline. Um, it also, I think, does uniquely benefit folks in the medicine profession because of the way you have your training, where we have residency, we have fellowship, we have lower income years. And the income-driven plan, either way, the existing income-driven plans now or this potential new repay plan that they're talking about can be super beneficial in reducing the interest cost where that's just not available really with private student loans or if you were to go into loan deferment you know the income driven plans really help people keep that interest down as much as possible so that's i think uniquely available to anyone uh, who has federal loans and who may be in training even if you're planning on paying the loans off so it, it's probably a broad amount of people it can help for sure. you know uh, segment is you know residents so you talked about residents could 
get nearly 100% of their interest subsidized when the new plan comes out. And then residency deferment now counts for PSLF as well. Um, can you mm-hmm. can you speak to that? Yeah. So a big, big update lately that's happened is, well, both the PSLF waiver and the IDR waiver or the account adjustment, I think the Department of Ed is calling it. And these big sweeping acts are going back and they're looking at prior payment history for really anybody who's had loans and who has been in repayment in the past. And they're counting up any periods of repayment and any periods of extended forbearances or the residency deferment towards either the income-driven forgiveness timeline or public service loan forgiveness given you were full-time at an eligible employer at that time period. Um, so that's great because that means people who may not have gotten credit for those years or that time frame can now have credits towards those forgiveness thresholds, pushing them a lot closer than maybe they originally thought. So um, I think that's a, a, a positive change. Um, it, it is helping people either get loan forgiveness now or just be a lot closer than they originally thought. And then going forward, they are going to be a little more lenient on deferments or uh, forbearance. It's still generally a good idea to be in repayment on an income-driven plan to, to make sure that your payments are qualified. And then also, that's the only way too you have that interest subsidy. The residency forbearance, you won't have any interest being subsidized. So that means your balance is just going to sit there and grow while you're you're um, in that training. But um, both, you know, positive changes. I think uh, the going back and then counting up the prior credits is great. And then for for those pursuing loan forgiveness in the future, um, it'll be a little more easy to obtain. While I still recommend being on the income driven plan. Um, and then, so we talked about how residents can specifically take advantage of the new IDR plan who can pursue forgiveness under the new repay plan. (laughs) And then the current state of student loans and president Biden's cancellation plan and lawsuits. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of excitement last year about loan cancellation, the 10 or the 20,000 that was talked about. It was in the news everywhere. And they even came out with an application that you could apply for that loan cancellation um, if you were eligible. And you were eligible if you made less than 125000 as a single individual for either 20, 2021 taxes. Um, if you were married, you had to make less than two hundred and fifty. To be eligible for that that ten or twenty thousand, and then the twenty thousand was possible if you ever had Pell grants in the past. Initially, was exciting. Everybody, you know, a, a lot of people applied, but then it was halted really quickly, and so it, it was sent sent to court. Basically, uh, the question is: Is it lawful for this to to happen? Um, and that's still in the Supreme Court right now. So the loan cancellation itself is still held up. That has not come through. If you didn't know about it, you haven't missed out on it. If they approve it, you'd be able to apply later. But we think at this point, it, we're, we're a little pessimistic about whether or not it's going to happen. We think it might also be ammo for this new repay plan, where if they come back and they deny the one-time cancellation, that might be a little more ammo for the Department of Ed to come back and say, well, 
if you're going to deny cancellation, at least give us this new plan. <laughs> and I could argue that the new plan could be more impactful to higher educated individuals with large student loan balances. You know, the 10 or the 20,000 may not be as valuable compared to maybe the benefits of the interest subsidy and and the lower payments um, associated with the the revised repay. So that's where we're at right now. Still uh, pending. <laughs> I feel like that's how a lot of things are in the, the Department of Ed. There's lots of things still unanswered, but we're we're getting closer, it seems. Yeah, very interesting. So how can people um, contact you, follow you, um, you know, learn more about the work that you do? Obviously, you know, if you do this alone, you're going to get really frustrated and bogged down. Um, you we probably have better things to do. Um, so, uh, you know, reach out to us, to people that can help you resources, save you a lot of time. Um, and how can they uh, re mm -hmm. reach out to you? Yeah. So student, you could uh, just look up our website. You could schedule a consultation through our website. Student Loan Planner is our handle for really any social media channel as well. Um, but I agree. I feel like, you know, we we do this every day. We we know the student loan system forwards and backwards. So we're, you know, we're there to help make sure that you get your plan done correctly and we're saving as much as possible. And there's also that delegation factor, right? Like I'm in finance, but I don't do my own taxes. I would rather someone else do that <laughs> and I'll get my like weekend back once a year that <laughs> I don't have to think about it. So if if you're someone who's pretty familiar with student loans and your plan, maybe you just want to delegate to make sure that you've got the right, you know, the right idea of what you need to be doing. And uh, we'll, we'll be there for you if you need us. Yeah. So let's thank uh, Megan for coming out to the show. Um, like I said, uh, and uh, thank her for all her experience and wisdom. And um, with that, um, thanks so much for coming out to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week